left my happy home to see what I could find out. I left my folk and friends with the aim to clear my mind out. Florentine series. Morning, Kaz, or good evening, Kaz, or good night. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, good morning, Pam. Yes, I'm doing really well. I, I almost thought we were in Vietnam then with that introduction. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> God bless Robin Williams. God bless That's him. Right. I miss him. <laughs> um. Yes. And how how was your week this week, Pam? It was it it's been okay, nothing spectacular. Although I am losing uh, one of my babies tomorrow. Oh um, no! I'm, I'm kind of sad for that, but in fact, they yes. want to take two, but I'm only going to give one away right now because I'm going right. to give one, and then I we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yes. So my poor triplets are going to be split, and oh. uh, yeah. You know, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Although my sister did call me the other night, and she said, "Pam, do you remember when I broke my foot?" And I said, "No, I didn't know you had broken your foot." And she said, uh, "Well, apparently I did because uh, she's been having a lot of problems with with what she thought was plantar fasciitis." And yeah, um, she went to the doctors this week because she was in such horrible pain with it. And they told wow. me that at some point in time she had broken her foot. It had mm. never healed properly, and it had calcified where the break was. So she is going to have to have her foot rebroken. Oh gosh! So it can heal properly. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ouch. So we have a lot, lots of, lots of friends joining us today. Susie's here. Betty, Leslie, Extreme Damage. The Doppelganger and Lori. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Nice to see you, Samia. And so we're going to... Uh... And welcome, Extreme Damage. Yes. So we are um, concluding, for the most part today, uh, the story of the Roman and Raven and Williams. Yes. And... Hi, Miriam from Canada. Hi, Miriam. Star. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm waving and you can't see me. <laughs> what can I say? Oh, dear. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of a bittersweet morning to be finishing this, but... It is. It is know, indeed. It's been it's been a fun ride on this, and, I, and I've enjoyed the, the book so much, so... But we'll, we will be gone, but not forgotten. Let's put it yeah. that way. Um, so I do. We do have some announcements today. 
Um, the Gabriel series is going to be on tomorrow at 5 p.m. And they are bringing in Christine Mayer with her new book, Blue Sky Morning. Um, cool. Chrissy, Chrissy is uh, one of the podcasters for the Fifty Shades podcast group. Mm-hmm. And she, this is her first book, and it's, it's, it's really good. I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah, that's great, Pam. Uh, Noches and Florencia, they're, well, they're coming back today at 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yay, it's good to hear Lily, Maru, and MJ uh, come back. So we're Come back. Mm-hmm. Trilogia de Gabrielle usually comes in uh, around 3 o'clock on Saturdays, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. then Noites and Florencia, they will be um, on tomorrow. Or, I'm sorry, today at 6 p.m. And they will be going the, over the kitchen table outtake nice that's a nice outtake too yeah um the man in the black suit is out and you can get the uh book through amazon and barnes and noble i believe the and the for also for nook and for kindle and ebook uh the audible file which i'm looking forward to a lot is coming yeah january 30th so I've been saving my Audible credits just for that. Just for that. (laughs) Me too, Pam. Me too. Um, Jennifer Locklear of Random Cran will be having a Facebook chat today at 2 o'clock on the Stargazer um, uh, page. Facebook Uh, page, yeah. yeah, She'll be answering questions about Constellation. Um, uh, Miriam's uh, group, Canal SR. ESP as a Spanish vlog and it's on YouTube and they're always fun to watch. Uh, SRS Donna's can be found in the WhatsApp and uh, they have a radio group too, which is pretty good. SR will be doing a chat uh, with at Kindle Friends on Facebook on Sunday uh, at four o'clock. So take a look for that. And he's hoping that that will help as far as uh, what can be listened to within your, the European group especially and he keeps telling us good huge news is coming i'm waiting yeah so, uh, so sign up for the newsletter if you haven't uh oh, haven't already already so yeah. yeah so that'll be fun and exciting lots there pen lots going on lots going yeah. on in the sr world so last week we found out that um, Raven has left Prague after Bork has warned her of what's going on, and uh, she's on a train ride. She's going. She's headed. She was headed to Vienna, and uh, then she took a trip from Vienna to Geneva, where uh, she stopped at the Trevilium Bank in Geneva, and uh, to. Uh, try to get some money she was hoping to maybe start this coup against the roman with with people she was looking into that uh they treated her they they introduced themselves and treated her very well and made her take a dna test so they could make sure it was her and uh also when they realized it was her they asked her if she would like to go see um the collection that had been sent there and she, she was also told that her husband's things were there and her clothes were already cleaned and unpacked for her as for when she wanted to, uh, when she needed them. 
Uh, she wanted to take a bath, take a rest, which she did, and came then. Uh, Monsieur Marchand, uh, who I got the winky smile for as SR's cameo, so we know where that went. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he uh, asked if she wanted to have some breakfast and go down and see the collection, which she did. And as she's leafing through the inventory, she sees the illustrations and what vault they're kept in. And she said that she'd like to see the Botticelli illustrations first. And he responded to her and decided that, uh, and, and got them for her. Now she's starting to go through the, uh, the folios. She was looking at their condition and uh, the Monsieur Marchand told her that uh, if she needed anything to call her. And she's going through and she's looking at all the list of the Botticelli Primavera alternative and and her own sketches that had been transferred over. And as a tear streaked down her face, she's and she's going over it. She, she's saying, I need it more time. And then a voice came back to her and said, more time. And she said, yes. And then he, the voice said, Casita. Mm. That brings us to today, where we start with chapter 63. Yeah. So next to the door stood a man in a, in bl all dressed in black. He had fair hair. He's a little bit of gray at the temples, some laugh lines around his eyes, and a scar that marked his chin. The eyes were familiar, and they were the light, beautiful gray that she'd remembered. And then he said, Casita. As the inventory pages, you know, they, they, they fluttered to the floor, she shrieked and she asked how the, the man got there. And he was saying, his smile kind of uh, vanishing, it's me, it's William. William said, she says, is dead. And he said, look at me, I'm not dead. And the man began unbuttoning his dress shirt. And she cried, stop, what are you doing? And he said, well, you know, my heart beats normally. You can come and feel it. And Raven's still not, still a little worried. And she's saying, no, thank you. He looked like William, it was true, but William was about aged 40 there rather than the 20 something vampire she'd known. He then said, you changed your hair and your eye color. And he thinking, he says, this reminds me of the day when I proved, when I was trying to prove to you I was a vampire. <laughs> and uh, she, he said, he lifted his hands and stared at. Him. He says, "You know, I've been transformed, and I don't think that's going to work anymore. That his heart beats, he has red blood, and uh, he can't be driving dam daggers through his hands because it might do some damage." And the raven is intrigued because she doesn't know how he knew about that and he's telling her that she that uh, I think you know know the answer to that so she's now got got herself backed up against the wall and she's looking and her leg braces over and that's what she was going to use as a weapon if she needed it and the man's gaze uh, all of a sudden grew more intense and he asked her if, if she remembered the first time he had come to her apartment when when he had given her a relic 
and he also said uh, that he'd called her Jane by mistake. Raven was, was kind of confused by that, and she said no one had, she was thinking that no one had ever discussed, they'd not discussed those events before. Um, and he said, I ordered you to leave the city, and of course, Raven being Raven, hadn't listened to him, and which he was very happy that he that she did not, because he had never known hope dancing in his arms. So Raven covered her mouth, and she's and the man's brow crinkled, and and uh, then he reminded her about the stepfather from California, that he that she had uh, he had brought so he could be a um, sort of a. Uh, birthday present, kind of strange one, but a birthday present to her, and that she had made him send him back to California, and he told her that he had started a fund for the children in her name and in Kara's name. He said that he was sorry that he hadn't gotten to her sooner, that he, um, had, he woke and he had lost, when he woke up, he had lost a lot of his memory, and he still thought it was 1274. Uh, and that his teacher had just died. But he said he was there now, and he loved you. He, he says, I love you, Raven. And that he swears by all that is holy that he'll stay with her as long as they live. And then William, she whispered, hoping against hope. And he said, I swear on my teacher. She asked if they hurt, hurt him. And uh, she said that Sarah had been able to get her away from the Curia, before they could adjust her memories. She was crying at this point. She's like, of course I'm crying, you're alive. And uh, she said, uh, she, she hears his heart beating and she, and she pulls back as, as she's hugging him. She says, your heart's beating. And I liked, I thought this was a kind of a funny line. He says, it tends to do that now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you gotta have humor in these situations. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, not that I've been in many situations like that, but hey. <laughs> humor always helps, Pam. It does. It does. Yeah. Um. So she's now getting a little bit angry. She says, "Don't you dare make a joke of this." She said, "I watched you die." And William was very sorry that he ha that she had to see that. Uh. It, she said no, he, she, he was sorry that it took her took him so long to return. She brushed the tears from her eye from his eyes, and then William grasped him, staring at his hand, looking at the tears on his hand. He says, "These are the first tears I've cried since 1274." So now Raven has his, her hand on his uh, chest against his chest, feeling his uh, heartbeat, without any of the strange pauses that. Um, that he had when he was a vampire. He says, uh, he says, you're human. And he says, yes, I've aged, as you can see. And the scar from the, the uh, fall he had when he was 16 had returned uh, to his chin. And uh, as she's tracing the scar, she's saying, you're, you're older than I am now. And he, he's laughing. He says, I've always been older than you. And she's, you know what I mean. You were in your 20s, and now you look a little bit older now. He asked if that was a problem, which it wasn't. And he, he said he can't explain why he's aged, 
it, but it was the face that he saw in the mirror after he woke. But as for the transformation, it's nothing short of a miracle. And I don't know if you'll believe me, but first. And he, when she didn't pull away, he, he brought their mouths together and they kissed again. Aww. Happiness. And he kissed yeah. her intensely with patience and, and savoring her. And when they parted, he pressed his ear to her, to her, her ear to his heart and kissed her hair over and over again. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he says, I didn't it expect... It is one of those moments, Dan. Yes, Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. So she didn't expect to... Uh, he didn't expect her to be there, and he thought that Sarah's people took her to Prague. And then she explained uh, that when she had been in Prague and Bork paid her a visit, <clears throat> William wanted to make sure she was wearing a relic which she was, and, but he did all, Bork also uh, told her that, you know, he, she'd been in danger, mm -hmm. Ava had been looking for them, and uh, there could be others, and she didn't know, and uh, William had asked if she believed uh, Bork, and he said yes, and uh, he said he, Bork was just not, wasn't really happy, because Ava had seized control of Florence, and he really didn't want to live under her rule. And William has kind of got a faraway look in his face, and he said, uh, I can imagine, and that Ava had gotten the throne she had always wanted. Hmm. Yeah, should, funny. Yeah. And we should go upstairs. <laughs> Continue the reunion. <laughs> <laughs> So they exited the vault and uh, they retraced the path to the elevator and, and the doors opened and um, Monsieur Marchand was there and he said he had the items to, that he had requested, which William was very happy about. He told them that they were going to be retired to the apartment and they should not be disturbed. And I, he, he said, of course, and he took his leave. He says, as he's punching the code to the elevator to the doors open and he says you don't have to have your palm read or your eye scanned or anything like that and he said no and when she asked why he said because he didn't want to give them vampire biometrics she asked if they knew he had been a vampire or he was a vampire and she said I he said I was a vampire and she also said that he owned the whole bank that had been found in the 14th century because he didn't trust the Medicis. They were kind of untrustworthy, the group to begin with. But over time, he had, he had notified the bank that William hadn't died, and guess what? By miraculous being, everything was left to William York again. <laughs> so there were a lot of William Yorks. <laughs> a lot of William Yorks, yes. <laughs> But DL, she also, Raven also asked about how her clothes got there and all the artwork, and he had told her that a long time bef before they had um, met, because of different wars and whatever, he had arranged to have all his stuff sent to Geneva uh, as an evacuation plan, whether it be war, fire, or whatever threat. And, <clears throat> and 
also if the Curie had marched on Florence. So he ordered his staff to send everything over and preserved for her. Uh, he had entered the number in the keyboard pad to the apartment and it swung open and William, Raven headed for the bedroom and William followed. And when she got there, she took out the she had contact lenses and that had changed her eye color and she took the wig off and William said that was much better and this is the, the brave young woman with the great green eyes and that he had known the first night that he had met her that she was what what it took to save him and see how I, I am blessed because of you and then she asked what was in the box he said they're the relics of her of his teacher uh, they were transferred with everything she, he, she said I he said I can't bear to be without them um, and then she said well monsieur kept referring to you as my husband and he, he, William explained that as long as well as with the yard he had also left instructions for the bank that they should welcome his beloved wife and because uh, he wanted her to have a refuge and as he's fumbling in, with something in his pocket in his of his trousers he took his hand and nestled in the in the palm of two gold bands he said it wasn't the best of circumstances uh, to make a vow, but if you, they had exchanged words at the Duomo, did she remember? Which she did. He told her that he had pledged her, uh, pledged himself before God, and that she had done the same. And he lifted the small ring, and his face held a question. As she held out her left hand, and he slipped the ring on her finger. He asked if there was any hesitation, and she said that she had made her mind up a long time ago. She said, I would have married you before if you'd asked. So she takes the uh, ring from his palm, and he's sighing, very happy now. <laughs> um, that uh, She said, no, I'm just grateful for this second life, and as he, she placed the ring on his finger, and she swore the same, that he would love and protect. Now, as they're kissing, William starts groaning, and his, as his hands caressed her back and sliding down to her bottom, and Raven pushes his shirt open and, and peppers his chest with kisses, and she's latched onto the side of his neck and starts sucking. <laughs> Heggy time. <laughs> <laughs> he said, she said, this will be different. And he said, yes. So she says, I promise I'll be gentle with you. I thought that was very cute. <laughs> yes, it is. I, I like that line. So yes. He said, thank you. And then said, do you? And he kind of stopped and she said, ask. He said, will you miss it? The way, it wa the way I was before. So she says, are you uh, William? And he said, yes. And he says, do you love me? told her without question and he says well then there's nothing to miss just like you know just like a man always worried about their performance doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> oh, <dear>. yes <laughs> uh, no wedding dress sorry sorry Betty <laughs> but we're getting on to the honeymoon <laughs> 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 and but, so 
so anyway, she told him that there was nothing to, to, to miss, that she was devastated when he was died, when he died. And she wondered if the pain would it ever have lessened. And but she was not going to waste time coming up with silly pseudo problems to keep them apart. He placed his hand on her face and marveled at the stubble. And she said that the universe had given her back to her and she wasn't going to question it. She wasn't going to criticize it. And you could have come back broken and burned and I would have taken you gladly and thank God for you. And uh, so he's now assessing the fact that that this is a chance for their happiness and they shouldn't waste a second second guessing it. She asked William to love her as you've always loved me and everything so they switch positions carefully tend and William's tech carefully tending to her injured leg. He always liked the green dress she was wearing and he started unwrapping her. It's kinda like a Christmas present. Hi. <laughs> and he was looking at her and, and gazing at her body, saying that she was magnificent. And he said, You haven't been eating. Because uh, apparently she's lost a lot of weight, mm. which some people tend to do when they go through grief times like that. Uh, he said that he was sorry for that because it's difficult to enjoy food when you're in sorrow. But she wrapped herself around him and reveling in how smooth he was and, and was his small uh, perfection that she was encountering for the first time. And as he started to make love to her, their hips aligned, and he was warm, so warm. And as the heat of their bodies grew, as they made contact, and Raven says, I need you. His thumb found her cheek, and, and he brushed it. And with the other hand, he, other hand, he held her at her hip and went for it. God bless him. No hankies, though. I was surprised. No hankies. <laughs> uh, William groaned in and uh, as she opened her eyes, she just was delightful in a delightful place. And then he said, he was like, uh, he's no longer a vampire, so he can't control himself as well as he used to. And uh, Raven replies, it's okay that she was close. She moaned softly with his movements and then she felt her glorious completion and as the uh, the pleasure was igniting every nerve in her body <laughs> uh, as her orgasm waned William, again, another man thing did you? <laughs> did you? she said yes <laughs> I don't understand why men ask that stupid question anyway and he was good, and uh, then he, he let he let himself loose. As it's he collapsed. Very <laughs> so, sorry, Ben. Is that what you just said? He let himself loose. Yes. <laughs> oh, very good. What do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I love it. That's good. Well, you know, <laughs> yes, Betty. Practice does make perfect, doesn't it? <laughs> You know, oh, I'm surprised dear. he doesn't ask that if he, if he was wondering if he could even have it, have, have an erection or have sex with her. 
<laughs> After all the transformations, uh, you know, how did he know that it would work? Goodness <laughs> me. <laughs> well, think about it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, uh, T says, uh, as he collapsed and burying his face in his neck, and she says, usually you bite me during and not after. And uh, he nipped at her skin, and she started laughing, and, and it was echoing throughout the apartment. And Aww. she said she felt she didn't, she says, I don't think I'd ever laugh again. Yeah. And she's, as she's ruffling up his, mussing, mussing up his hair more. He didn't think that either. And uh, he shifted, and his eyes were grave, and he says, she tells him, I think there were three different Williams which he couldn't understand. He says, well, there was William the Younger, who was not a vampire when he uh, was in England. William the Vampire. And then there was uh, the William that she knew now. And he, she said, some part of remain the same, the core and the soul, is, and that's who she loves. He said, not the money, the power, or even the beautiful art collection they're hiding downstairs would have would have traded all those things to have you with me now for one more day. And she hugged him close. And I quoted from the book on that. That's and, beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He says, now that I have you, I'm not letting go. And he says, go fully put. And she said, Mr. Malay, she says, I speak the truth, Mr. Malay. He said, uh, thank you, Mrs. Malay. And yeah. let's try never letting go to part one more time. <laughs> there so you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after a couple of hours, so really he didn't, <laughs> so, lose, he didn't that lose is not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have a problem at all, it seems. <clears throat> Lives up to the legend. Yes, he does. Um <laughs> Two hours later, uh, after a shower, they'd finished lunch. <laughs> no hankies, but they at least they had a shower. <laughs> These things are good. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I needed money, and I needed to arrange safe transport for both so that they had come there. She asked how safe the bank was, and she said, he told her it was like a fortress. It's modest. But the relics of the teacher were strong enough to keep the bank safe from vampires. If Borg followed her from Prague, and I sur he surmised that he did, she said, we're safe from him and his kind, unless the Roman learns I'm here. And she asked if he could attack a, a building with the relics, that housed relics. And she said, no, but they, he might have been able to join forces with the Curia to find a way around, and uh, maybe that would work. Uh, Raven tells William that uh, Bork is uh, thinks the Roman is going mad, and which he agreed with, and he didn't see it clearly when they were there. Um, and, but she says, "I betrayed him for you, and he was always jealous of my affections. So perhaps he took perverse pleasure in handing it, handing me over to our enemy." Uh, she asked, well, Raven asked if, if the Curia knew he was alive, and she, William didn't know. And he said they don't have, obviously they don't have a body, but um, he doesn't know if the reports had reached them. So for both our sakes, I've been pr pr 
spring, they remain ignorant. And, you know, what Raven didn't understand is why, if he's not a vampire, why would, uh, why would they want you? And William told her they would probably want both of them since the priest wanted to have her memories taken care of and the Curia wanted to know everything they could about the Roman and why and other powerful vampires if there were any. Uh, she's, and he's, but they'd interrogate me first trying to understand what made him different. And he, Raven asked if they knew the message. He said, uh, I think so. She realized that after he died, um, and he sort of stopped, and she wants to hear it, and she says, I should probably mention the books that Father Cavanaugh had quit the Curia and returned home. William thought that was the honorable thing to do, and asked if she had forgiven him. And William said, I don't believe he intended to kill my human nature. I think they wanted to destroy the vampire." And Raven says that's still killing. William tells her the last thing he remembered before everything went dark was the sound of her screaming. And then he was hovering. He was having like an out-of-body experience. And he saw Father Cavanaugh and she. Um, William's uh, story is now being interrupted. She told them, he had told them not that he was not going to be disturbed, but the phone rang again. And he picked it up, and Raven went over, and the last thing Raven heard was a military-style convoy with diplomatic plates was headed oh, towards the bank. And uh, they, when William asked where, he's just outside the city, and the intelligence report, he said it would probably take them about a half an hour to get there. Uh, William says, okay, we're leaving at once, prepare for our departure, and hung up the phone. Raven wanted to know if it was the Curia. He says, uh, we don't know, but we don't want to take the chance either. Pack whatever you can't live without. Raven twined her fingers with his and says, you are the only, are what I can't live without. And that's a quote. And he kissed her. Uh, within about 20 minutes, they had changed their appearance. They were now carrying Swiss diplomatic passports. There was a decoy Mercedes that had left uh, had already left the bank and through the back gates and was heading toward the airport. And Raven and William rode in a black Range Rover with diplomatic plates accompanied by a driver and an armed guard. And they were heading towards the uh, French border. Uh, another 20 minutes and they had crossed into France, entering St. Julien and Genevois, where a uh, private jet waited for them. Uh, Raven held her breath as they taxiing down the runway. A lot of people have problems with that. Take takeoffs and landings. And as she, as they were taxiing on the air, airfield, and she was anxious. Now that she surveyed their surroundings, the snow-capped mountains in the distance, and William exhaled loudly and drew a deep breath. It's going to be all right. It has to be. The plane takes off, and William began to relax. She said, you still haven't told me what happened. He said, I will, but I think we need to discuss our next steps. Um, he, he turned to face her, and he told her that he would, wanted to live the rest of his life with her, and 
but in safety. He says, we could stay in Europe, we can, but I believe it would be safer to go far, far away, at least for the near future. Raven wants to know where to go, and he says he owns property all around the world, and his recommendation is they place as, as much distance between us and the Curie as possible. On a, they, that he had had a secret island on in French Polynesia near Bora Bora. They could travel to the island, and it would take about a day and a half. Raven is worried about the pilots, but William assures her that they're being well paid, and they'll take us wherever they want. So she smiled and says, so you want to take me to Tahiti? Now, that's a place I've wanted to go to since I was seven years old. I swear to God. Tahiti. Mm -hmm. And he said it was thereabouts. He says, do you want to think about it? And, and uh, so she's looking out the window and she's looking at the snowy Alps below her. And she said, I, I miss my sister. I hope that someday that I can tell her I'm alive, but I don't want to do anything that would make them a target for the Curia or anyone else. I agree we need to disappear. And then she's kind of smiling. She says, Tahiti's warm and you can join me now in the sunshine. William told her it wouldn't have to be forever, but the island is the safest place that they could think of for now. She asked what the island's called, and he grinned sheepishly. He says, I've always referred to it as the island. You'll have to pick a name. So now uh, he sits back in his seat. He's rest his head on the headrest, and he says, now it's time for me to explain Mm. Wow. Yeah. That was a that was a pretty uh, huge chapter that one, Pam. Yes, it was. Yeah, lots in there. An awful lot in there, you know, and it, I I just I'm glad that they're back together. I'm I and I laugh at the points where, you know, he's worried about his performance and, you know, did you come yet? <laughs> did you come yet, you know. But it it, it it's 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 emotionally, it's his charge too, which I love. Yeah. It's just, they're back together. They love each other. <clears throat> they're, in their minds, they are married uh, by God, which is what, you know, I think William would have wanted anyway, <clears throat> even if he was alive. And I see we have a visitor, Mr. Reynard. How are you, boss? Hi, sir. I see you in our chat room our chat line. Wonderful to have you join us today. Thank yes. you, thank you. And, uh, but yes, yeah, so I was, I, I was very happy with the emotional point of that, so. Yes. <sighs> it was a very emotionally charged chapter. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So, so uh, SR says he didn't mean to derail me. But I didn't want this episode to end without stopping to say thank you to the podcast ladies for their incredible work over the past years. I am so grateful, and I know readers are too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, SR. For me, it's it's uh, been a real privilege to be able to do this. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, I know I was very nervous at the first time, and I just remember shaking the entire time I was trying to talk. And it's really gotten, um, it, it, it's given me something that I, I didn't have before. So I thank you for that. 
It's been a wonderful experience and I've enjoyed absolutely every minute. So it's been a, it's been a wonderful ride and I've been, enjoyed it with yourself, Pam, and Dana, and everyone else that's, been, that's joined us in the chat room week by week. So as Ash says, I'm ready for NPR. <laughs> We're ready for NPR. You know what? We could do a great public radio show and have sweaty balls. <laughs> Oh gosh, Pam. <laughs> love that. <laughs> I know. I, I, I love that too. You shared that with me some time ago. That was so uh -huh. funny. <laughs> and now we can talk about hankies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, we, did oh, have some fun. we did have some fun with the hankies, didn't we? But we did have a shower in this chapter, so that <laughs> we didn't need the hankies. Yes. So poor oh, Snarky, me. I don't know what he's going to do. You know. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, so we could do a Saturday Night Live skit and we can have... Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, we could have Snarky come on and he could talk about his sweaty balls and how he makes them. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good, Pam. That was such a good skit. I love that one. <laughs> oh, dear. It's yeah. us. It's Snarky's in trouble. <laughs> if he wasn't before, he certainly is now. <laughs> With his sweaty balls. <laughs> yes. He asked how I was doing the other day in Twitter, and I was like, ha ha. He wanted to know what that meant. So I just let it be. What happens in Vegas stayed in Vegas. Yes. So, well, thank you, Susie. We, you know... One of the most incredible things about having uh, everybody listening, I, we've had Noni come in from England, and Judith comes in sometimes. Miriam is here today. Uh, so, I mean, and they're, um, uh, you know, so far away in, in time and in, in the time zones. And, and Susie would wake up every, every Saturday morning when she could to come listen to us. So, yeah. Yes, that's very true. Mm -hmm. Very true. And as our, I'm glad I have heat. Now, if I could just lower the heat on my second floor, it would be even better yet. Because they, they, you know, they bled all the radiators after they fixed it. And now it's like, you know, you got to open the windows to keep the heat down. <sighs> but it's a good thing to have. And I'm happy with it. So. But yeah, so I'm, uh, we're so glad everybody was able to have been able to join us and uh, you know, we have people from the East Coast and West Coast, and uh, it's fun. Uh, thank you, SR. You know, uh, you know, I'm just very grateful that I have heat. I'm very grateful that I was able to do what I could do to make the heat happen here. You know, there are a lot of, uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of people uh, that have houses that, you know, that they, they can't get their heaters replaced very well, and so I'm just about that i would love to do a caribbean adventure betty i haven't been i've never been to the caribbean believe it or not i've been to uh canada a couple times i've been to europe a few times but i've never been to the caribbean i've been to africa too but i've never been to the caribbean so okay. well thank you sr and thank you so much for stopping by he's he's uh we, you know, we will endeavor, and again, as a, we are going to be on a hiatus, and when we return, um, 
Karen will be with me and we will be working on the Florentine series from the Prince. And I'm very excited when Leslie and I are going to be are going to be starting the podcast for uh, the man in the black suit next month. So I'm excited for that too. Thank you for dropping by today, Issa. Lovely you. to see you. Thank you so much. Have a good day and enjoy your chat this afternoon. It's, it's been a lot of fun. So, on the chapter 50, 60, 64. 64. Mm -hmm. Okay, so William told Raven his first thoughts after he felt his soul leave his body was her, was of her, he his beloved city, Florence, his people and his teacher. Emotionally, he confessed he failed everyone. William referred Raven to the tale of Guido... De, De, Monte, De Monte Feltro yes. in Dante's Inferno. In particular, how Guido claimed that Saint Francis came for his soul. Raven asked if William thought Saint Francis came for him. William explains to Raven it wasn't Saint Francis but his teacher. He was there. William believed he was he was dead, but then he could hear his teacher's voice arguing with someone over his soul. Suddenly his teacher proclaimed he was alive and he knew this to be true. Raven recapped, you saw your teacher? He told her he'd recognised he'd recognize him anywhere. It was him. He'd spoken to him. Momentarily overcome, William told Raven how he'd been granted mercy, a second chance. Then he spoke of how he'd woken to find himself lying on a table in the hospital of Florence. His memory of being a vampire totally gone, he thought he was still in the 13th century and had just lost his teacher in Fossanova. William spoke of how he managed to leave the hospital only to collapse in the street. He was found by a Dominican. He told Raven his mind was confused. He believed he could only speak Latin and Anglo-Norman, which confused the Dominican. However, he managed to persuade him. He, he managed to persuade him um, to take William to the Dominican house after he had explained what had happened to his teacher. Raven asked after the curia, and she thought the Dominicans formed part of the curia. William confirmed this to be confirmed this is true and told her it was obvious these Dominicans were not part of the Curia as they did not recognise him or know of the events that had recently taken place in the Domino. William explained how the Dominican who found him introduced him to an older brother who was more experienced in Latin. Although some of the brothers wanted to return him to the hospital, under the guidance of the older Dominican, he was given clothes, food and shelter. It was obvious to William, whatever they thought was wrong with him, they didn't expect he was a vampire, as there were relics scattered throughout the house. Raven asked William why he thought he, he was never affected by relics, and William told her he believed his teacher's relics never bothered him because Brother Thomas never rejected him. In fact, he prayed for William, hoping he'd find his way back to God. 
Brother Thomas never gave up that hope. Raven asked William if he believes in God again, and William confirms he does. He tells Raven he never stopped believing completely and reminded her that she was the one that told him she thought his teacher would have compassion for him, having reached out to the Roman during his time of despair. William told Raven, even as he gave into the, into the room and he regretted it. All he wanted was his teacher. He begged for, for his help and now he knew he did, that he did. Uh, um, whoops, sorry, I've gone too far. Just bear with me. Okay, so Raven asked of the voice they'd heard during the exorcism. It said despair. He asked... She asked William what he thought it was and he told her he didn't know. All he did know was that from the moment he was transformed, he felt the darkness of despair surrounding him. Raven asked if vampirism was his punishment for giving into despair and William responded saying he didn't think it was because although he'd given up hope of a good life with the loss of his teacher, and was prepared to take what the Roman offered him, he had regretted his decision immediately. He didn't totally give himself to despair, and with his teacher's prayers, the transformation was not complete, and he never acquired the full nature of a vampire. William believed this was the reason why he could walk on holy ground and not be affected by relics. After some consideration, Raven suggested it was no coincidence he was found by a Dominican and William confirmed he didn't think so either. He spoke of how the Dominicans cared he spoke of how the Dominicans cared for him and allowed him to gain his strength. Then they took him to Fossanova, to the monastery where Brother Thomas had died. William honestly thought his brothers were still there, but of course they were not. He prayed in the chapel trying to determine what had happened. Then one night he climbed a nearby hill, the same hill he had encountered the Roman, and after a while he suddenly saw everything flash before him. He was overwhelmed and fell to his knees. He remembered everything, the Roman, the transformation, killing the previous Prince of Florence, and of course he remembered Raven. Brushing Raven's knuckle with his thumb, telling her once he'd remembered her, he wanted to leave. He spoke of how he put in place a plan to protect Raven and provide her a safe passage out of Florence prior to Machiavelli's attempt, attempted overthrow. But he was concerned that Sarah's networks were not successful and the courier had her or even, sorry, I'm listening to noises I can hear outside. Um, <laughs> but he was concerned that Sarah's networks were not successful and the courier had her or even erased her memory or erased her memory of him. He had no money or passport, so he went to the Dominican brothers and told them his memory had returned. He was a married businessman and urgently needed to get to Geneva so that he could locate his wife. 
poking his side, Raven said, you lied. Thumbing, thumbing the ring of her left finger, William told Raven, we are married. We pledged ourselves to one another, first on the loggia some months ago and then again in the domio. Lifting his hand to kiss the skin above his gold band, she agreed with William. William went on to explain to Raven that although he was convinced some of the Dominican brothers thought he was mad, others believed him, and so they brought him a train ticket to Geneva and gave him travelling money. He caught the evening train. The Swiss rarely checked passports into Switzerland from Italy, and so he managed to travel to Geneva successfully. Raven asked how he felt now, and and he told her he felt different. Still getting used to his body, his human body. He felt, he felt strange. He said, he said it felt strange to feel his heart beating regularly. He told Raven with memories of both his human life and his vampire life, he still sometimes gets confused. Mm. Raven asked if he still has urges to drink blood <laughs> and climb the side of buildings. There's that humour once again. <laughs> yeah, you got to love it, don't you? Um, he, he told her he didn't, but he did crave venison. And I must admit, I've never tried venison, um, which, he, uh, which he was yet to eat as the Dominican brothers lived on chicken and fish. Um, which is all you'll find at my house as well. <laughs> um, pondering everything, William had told her, Raven, um, pondering everything William had told her, Raven told William she didn't know what to make of things. She didn't believe in God or the afterlife, but she acknowledged she'd seen things she couldn't explain, like the whirlwind at the domio. She couldn't comprehend how she had watched William die in front of in front of her own eyes as a vampire, and yet here he sat next to her, alive and human. Clutching clutching his arm, she told she told him she was going to hold on. She was going to hold on to this. He was here with her, alive and human. She wasn't going to worry about how things eventuated, although she did want to know why. And that is and that is why sorry. Um, she didn't know although she didn't want to know why, that is, why him or why her. Quoting from the chapter, Raven lifted a shoulder, but human beings don't know everything. Perhaps that's best. That's a good that's that's a yep. good little statement right there. Um, so that is chapter sixty four. So that's William's account of what happened. Yeah, you know, I mean, being forgetful, and I, you know, I'm I'm sure it's like somebody who's been in a coma for a while that automatically comes out of it, and. Uh, you know, it's sometimes it's a little bit hard to remember what was going on. Yeah. And um, 
it's I, I can imagine and then farm and having it all come back. I would great for, that would be great for a Hallmark movie. Oh, wait a minute. I saw something like that at Christmas time. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, so we, yes. Betty, Betty and everybody was saying we need more Raven or more more book, more story and more story, yeah. Uh, you know, I I have this all of a sudden this crazy notion going off in my head. What if William and Raven got together with uh, Nicholas and Acacia and also Gabriel and and Julia because mm -hmm. of some artwork that's been stolen or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he could, in, Nicholas could bring Raven in so because of her art expertise and mm -hmm. William in because maybe he knows a little bit more about what's going on in that underworld. Type mm -hmm. of yeah. 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 Possibly, and, Pam. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe it took place around Toadie, so they, you know, bring in, um, you know, Julia and uh, Gabriel mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. the mix. That would be awesome. Crossover story. Yeah. Crossover. Lori's, yeah, that's it. Lori's thinking babies. Uh, yes. uh, Betty is Betty has a fan fiction theme going on where Baby York and Baby Emerson get together. Mm-hmm. And a Romeo and Juliet type type of thing. Yes. Oh, <laughs> very good. Oh dear. Well, we we look forward to seeing that, Betty. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, that dear. would be good. Yeah. So, yes. And that brings us to the last To chapter. the last chapter. Yes. So sad. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Chapter 65. So it's three years later and we're at Hope Island. Very good name. Mm -hmm. Hope, Hope Island near Bora Bora. So Raven is sitting on the terrace of their villa painting a view of the island. Her hair is back to its original style, long and black, and tied back from her face. From where she was from where she was sitting, she could see part of the white sandy beach. She saw a figure appear jogging barefoot on the white pristine sand. The figure looked to be searching for her as he ran. He waved and she waved back. William kept William continued jogging and disappeared. Looking back at their home through the large space where the side walls had been retracted, beautiful paintings hung in the living room and beyond. The architecture was French Polynesia and contrasted with the Italian Renaissance paintings, but it didn't bother Raven. This was their home, their sanctuary. Some of the original works of their art collection had been shipped to the island and protected in controlled rooms. William and Raven enjoyed visiting the private gallery, galley, which included works by Michelangelo, Botticelli and others. On the other side of the island upon a hill was a chapel that Raven, that William spent 
time meditating, praying, and sometimes talking to his teacher. Raven sometimes joined as she navigated her own uneasy spiritual journey. Their days were often spent doing their own things, Raven painting, the island and memories of Florence her muses. William explored the limits of his body, snorkeling and surfing. Their evenings were always together, telling one another stories next to the fire or making love on the beach, yes please, or simply enjoying each other's company. Uh, the majority of their artwork still in Geneva Raven and William had sold several pieces privately to support their, their fund for abused children. Doing so gave their lives added meaning. Perhaps one day they could travel to America and she could visit her sister, um, but for now they lived a simple life. And I'm just going to quote the last few lines of the chapter. Raven had no idea why William had been spared. She had no idea why they'd been given a second a, given a second life together, but she lived every day grateful and full of hope. Finn. And then we come to the end. Yes. You know, I would love to be on that beach and, and uh, Lori's getting verklempt. And uh, <laughs> talks amongst yourselves, <laughs> and then yeah. uh, I'm sure I, you know, I'm sure that um, they had sex in the in their gallery. I mean, it would be highly unusual for William not to have museums. Not to. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so. I'm yeah, glad, I'm glad they're together. But you know what? It's kind of a, it's kind of a bittersweet ending. It I mean, is not just not not so much because of it's the ending of this particular book series, but they need somebody else with them, like baby. Yeah, yeah. I I yes, and I I agree with Samia. She's put in the chat room. I need more. Uh -huh. I agree. Mm -hmm. Um. I feel the same, you know, and this, I think the Roman, the Roman was quite a hard read, and I know I've said that a number of times, mm -hmm. um, because they're, they're fighting just to stay together, and, you know, they have lost so much just to be together. I mean, it's a miracle that they are together, and, and as she said, she's going to hang on and, you know, and appreciate everything that they've got, but, gosh, she can't help but feel that it's, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been hard for them. Yeah, because they've really had to fight everything, and you know, and it's yeah. In, in one respect, it's like fighting prejudice. Uh, you know, you're you're both different, uh, different beings, basically. Yes. And yes. There's you know, there's a prejudice. Oh, you're a human, or oh, you're a, a vampire, and there it it fights that that. Uh, prejudiced so that they can be together and you know and I, I think they're extremely happy and it's a, it's a wonderful conclusion but I, I I think there should be a little bit more and I'm hoping that he will write mm. again on this yes you know? and uh, 
you know, islands are are wonderful, and having time alone and uh, enjoying that and and savoring every precious moment you have is wonderful. But at some point, you've got to. Yeah, there's yes. got to be a little bit more. So I'm hoping that SR will yeah. pick up another Come book. Yeah. book for this. Because so. even even the likes of um, Father Kavanagh, um, you know, he, he's, he's gone back to America now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that the experience for him in that daimyo um, has changed his thoughts on everything too. So it would be interesting to see, you know, to see that. Um, to see how that could develop, you know. Mm-hmm. So Betty's saying they had to give up so much, so the fact that they're together is good, but we feel an emptiness that can't be filled with art and an island, like Raven's mom. Silver Reader was saying that she disagrees that this is how it should end. Okay. Yeah. You know, I I think it's for this particular series. I think this is a good stop, but I still I still wish they had a little bit more going. Yeah. And uh, and Silver Rita reminds us that they're both being hunted. That's true. Yes, it is true. Mm-hmm. And they are together. Mm-hmm. And that's what's that's the important part of all of it. Yes. And and you, their I guess their their struggle to be together is now over. Now they can just enjoy each other and get that seven-year itch in and start fighting now. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, oh, dear. But, yeah, Leslie's saying there's definitely room for more. So. Mm. Anyway, so that's that's that. Um, I was, it's very nice of um, SR to pop in and say hello to us all today and uh, one of the things I, I you know one of the things that we've done is through through the whole series is you know we'll email SR with questions or for quotes from a chapter that he might particularly like or whatever and he said well he didn't have a favorite he, he sent um, email back saying he didn't have a favorite quote but he says I do have something he says thank you thank you to the three podcasters Pam, Kez, and Dana, and to the readers who joined the podcast and participated in the read-along and the chats. I am so grateful grateful to you all. Peace. That's all. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah. Sam, and Samuel wants to go back and kill Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we actually are going to be back next week um, just to wrap up and go through the epilogue, which, Betty, I'm sure you will love. And yeah. uh, then um, that'll be it for a bit, and uh, yeah. we'll come back soon. And um, we have Karen joining us next week. Yes. Um, that'll be good. So, yes. And, uh, and Leslie, sorry to put you on the spot, but... <laughs> We're hoping you may be able to join us too. <laughs> so just let Pam know whether yeah, that's... We can, we can talk offline about that as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, poor Willie. Well, you know, poor Willie. He wants to be called William and then he'll miss Elizabeth, so... <laughs> yes. 
So we'll wrap it up and uh, we'll go from there. So uh, we want to wish you a great weekend, ladies. And thank you all so much for all your support throughout this time and throughout the podcast and what we've done. And come back and join me for my last podcast next yes. week. Yes. I, I do. I will have a few gifts. Uh-oh. <laughs> so please come and join. Uh, we will. We will. <laughs> so for one of the last times, we will say, um, see you next week, same Florentine time and same Florentine channel. And uh, we'll talk then. That's the one. Mm -hmm. Have a great great weekend. Yeah. Have a great weekend. You go, Pam. Bye, everyone. Have a great week.